Good morning. That's our, uh, our theme for this, our, our, our title for this series of messages is Citizens. It's uh, in the book of Philippians, and I, I'm glad to have the opportunity to bring the next message in the series to you this morning, and we come from Philippians chapter 1. And uh, we're going to read verses 12 through 26. So uh, if you'd like to follow along in your Bibles, turn or scroll there, Philippians 1, 12, and we'll begin reading. This is a a passage in Philippians where uh, Paul is writing from prison, or or maybe better said, from uh, under arrest. It, it may not have been prison the way we think of prison. It may not have been bricks and bars. It may have been that he had uh, essentially been chained to a prison guard, but had some freedom of movement. But Paul's words from in prison or in chains uh, is where this originates. And he's been telling, he is telling the Philippians, the the church in Philippi, what he's been experiencing. So I'm going to read, starting with Philippians chapter 1, beginning with verse 12. Now I want you to know, brothers and sisters, that what has happened to me has actually served to advance the gospel. As a result, it's become clear throughout the whole palace guard and to everyone else that I am in chains for Christ. And because of my chains, most of my brothers and sisters have become confident in the Lord and dare all the more to proclaim the gospel without fear. It is true that some preach Christ out of envy and rivalry, but others out of goodwill. The latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. But the former preach Christ out of selfish ambition, not sincerely. They suppose that they can stir up trouble for me while I'm in chains, but what does it matter? The important thing is that in every way, whether from false motives or true, Christ is preached. And because of this, I rejoice. Yes, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that through your prayers and God's provision of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, what has happened to me will turn out for my deliverance. I eagerly expect and hope that I will in no way be ashamed, but will have sufficient courage so that now, as always, Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. If I'm going to go on living in the body, this will mean fruitful labor for me. Yet, what shall I choose? I don't know. I'm torn between the two. I desire to depart and be with Christ, which is better by far, but it's more necessary for you that I remain in the body. Convinced of this, I know that I'll remain and I'll continue with you for your progress and joy in the faith so that through my being with you again, your boasting in Christ Jesus will abound on account of me. Let's pray, Lord Jesus. 
It's recorded in your word, you pray that we would be sanctified through your word and shaped by the truth of your word. And we ask this morning, would you, by the work of your Holy Spirit, shapes our hearts and lives by the truth of your word this morning? We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Paul, in this message, takes on a number of things, but the first thing really that he takes on is these people who are preaching Christ. And he says, some of them have all the right motives. And some of them, I'm going to paraphrase, some of them are doing it just because they think it'll bug me. There obviously must be people around. That's who he's addressing. People around who think, Paul thinks this is his message. I'll show him. I'm going to preach it. Take that, Paul. I'm going to steal your thunder. I'm going to take your message. Paul says, good. Awesome. They may be doing it from the wrong motives, but they're preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And he says the important thing is that, this is verse 18, the important thing is that in every way, from whatever motives, Christ is preached. It's kind of the goal of Paul's life, that Christ be preached. And if, if he's in prison and other people are doing it, I, I don't really mind, no matter what the reason is, they're doing the work I can't do right now. And Paul rejoices. And he says, he goes on in verse 20. He says, I, I, I hope, I expect and I hope that I will have sufficient courage now and always so that Christ will be exalted in my body, whether by life or by death. So whether he's living or whether he's dying, Paul's goal is for Christ to be exalted. We sang that in our, in our second song this morning, Christ be exalted, and that's Paul's prayer. That's his, that's his goal, is that Christ would be exalted whether I live or whether I die. He introduces this idea of life and death, and then, and then he writes what's probably the most familiar or at least the most often quoted passage or verse from this passage. It's where Paul says, for me, to live is Christ, to die is gain. He sort of states his life message in those two statements. To live is Christ, that's a statement of mission, right? That's what he's about, to live it's Christ. Mission. And he follows it up by saying, and to die is gain. That's not a statement about somebody wanting to take their own life. That's a statement that says, I have assurance. I know what's coming to me after I die. 
And it's not an empty assurance. Sometimes you hear people in our culture say, oh, they've gone on to a better place, which often might be true. But we know from scripture, that's not always true. So Paul makes this statement of assurance that says, my death will be my gain. We're gonna talk more about mission in a little bit, but let me stay with that idea, that idea of assurance. It's kind of a bold statement, frankly, isn't it? And it brings about the question we have to ask. Paul says to die is gain, and and it it sort of forces us to ask the question, what happens to me after I die? What happens to you after you die? Paul makes this statement of assurance, and yet I know a lot of people who will say, that's, that's too bold a statement. Some would say we, we can't ever really know what's going to happen to you. Can you really know that? I don't know. That's, that's pretty cocky. Or that's pretty bold to say you know. Well, it is bold, but I want to take a look. If, if you're one here who says, I'm not sure I can know that, I want you to take a look at some scripture. So, and I'm going to have some of these, if we can, up on the screen. The first one is from 1 John, 1 John chapter 5. Verse 12 says, whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. And then look at verse 13. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God so that you may know that you have eternal life. That's assurance. And if you're wondering if that's possible, I'm telling you from God's word it is. It is possible to know that you have eternal life. And for those of us who have the Son, that's assurance, and we can go, yes. But I'm going to be honest with you, there are those, and some of us here perhaps, who would say, okay, that's fine, but I don't know if I have the Son, right? Whoever has the Son has life. And and the question is reasonable then to say, How do I know that? Well, let's go back to Scripture again. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. Simple statement. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So, if you're here today and you're thinking, I, I, I don't know that I can make that bold a statement that, that, that to die is gain, uh, you can know, and this is how you know. You call on the name of the Lord and trust him to answer and receive what he has for you. 
Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord can be saved. That's how Paul can speak with confidence about to die is gain. That's how he can say that because he knows that everyone includes him and everyone includes you. And that's part of the good news this morning. That like Paul, you can make a statement with nothing to fear about death. Paul, Paul's not making a call to somehow uh, that, that, that death is the next thing for him and he's, this isn't a suicide note. He's simply saying, I know. And you, Philippians, and you, Triumph, can know too. Rest assured. Assured that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The second part of the statement the first part that we're going to look at second is a, is a statement about mission. To live is Christ. I, I'll be honest with you. As I was preparing for this message, this, this talk about living and dying, living for Christ and dying being gained, that, that imagery brought up imagery from a, a movie. It's a I don't know, 30-year-old movie maybe almost. I'm not sure when it came out. Uh, but it's a movie that takes place primarily in a prison. And a conversation is this image, this, this clip that came to my mind. Uh, there's, a, there's a prisoner by the name of Red who's been in prison a long time, kind of grizzled. He knows the ropes. He's been around. He's the one that can navigate this prison system. And, and he's taken under his wing this young guy falsely accused who's now serving a life sentence by the name of Andy Dufresne. And at one point in time, they're sitting out in the yard at prison and Andy Dufresne is talking about <clears throat> someday he wants to retire on the Pacific Coast beach in Mexico and he's got the name of the town and he's got the plan in place and Red rebukes him. Red just says, you gotta stop this. This isn't doing you any good. Mexico is way down there and we're way up here. And Andy simply says this. And I quote it, it comes down to a simple choice. Really? Get busy living or get busy dying. And I, I, I had that statement rattling around in my head because I'll be honest, like most Westerners, I, I hear that, get busy living, get busy dying, and the the, the, the director of the movie puts it in such a context that you kind of go, yeah. And that's, that so wonderfully sums up our culture's attitude. You know, you gotta get busy doing the things that feel like living 
And if you're not doing that, you're kind of dying. And so we get busy doing stuff and we get caught up in the doing of stuff. Because we're afraid that if we aren't doing enough stuff, if we aren't living out our best life, if we aren't being the best me I can be, that somehow if we're not doing that, we're failing. But Paul is speaking a language that is so different from that that it is a stark contrast. Paul says to live is Christ. Maybe to understand it better, let's take a look at at, at some other things that that Scripture says, some other things that, that Paul has written. Check this verse out. This is from Romans chapter 8. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of the body, you will live. It's not get busy living or get busy dying. Paul says, if you want to really live, you have to die to yourself. You have to die to yourself. In Galatians chapter two, he he says it this way. Chapter two, verse 20, I have been crucified with Christ and I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the son of God who loved me and gave himself up for me. I've been crucified. Do you see the difference? The world around us says, get busy living or get busy dying. And Paul says, die to yourself so that you may truly live. To truly live is to die to myself and live to Christ. Live for Christ. Let him live in me. Before I came to Triumph, I worked at a camp. And at that camp, every, the beginning of every summer, we trained our summer staff, spent two weeks in training. And as a part of that training, we used a, a statement that became a... a Intentionally, we wanted it to become a statement of how things are, a statement of of the heart of our staff. And it was this, the best life lived is the one that's given away. The best life lived is the one given away. Some of you have had that experience where you have given your life away for the benefit of somebody else, that you've given your life away for the work of Jesus Christ, that you have died to yourself so that you may live 
for Jesus Christ. And you know if that's you, you know that that's true. The best life lived comes not from get busy living. The best life lived comes from dying to myself and giving my life away and having Christ live in me. To live is Christ. To live, to really live, is to die to myself and live in Christ. And to die in Christ is to truly live. That's what Paul says when he says to live is Christ and to die is gain. He's saying living is dying to myself and being in Christ and dying when I'm in Christ is to truly live. That's what God is calling us to. That's what Christ died for is for us to be able to truly live. Let's pray.